When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, we're going to talk about those two exciting games with the Sugarland Space Cowboys taking on your Houston Astros. And the big news, the biggest news that I think we've been waiting on it the whole spring training, who's going to make the roster? Joining me here today, as always, Third Coast Tom. Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I made it out to Sugarland. I got to see your Houston Astros play the Sugarland Space Cowboys. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun. We are going to break it down for you right now. So let's talk about that game. You you were able to go to the game, and it was on TV. The place was packed. What was the atmosphere like? It was buzzing. It was it was like I can't explain, like. So much more than a, I mean, it wasn't like a regular season game. Don't, don't, don't let me go there. But it was so much more than just your average AAA game. I've been to see the Space Cowboys plenty of times. Never felt like this. I believe the uh, the attendance was 7,700 people. It was like the largest attendance that's ever been at a Space Cowboys game. And you could tell. You could tell a lot of people were excited about what was on the field and what was to come. So the game you went to on Monday, the Astros won 3-1. to one. Yiner Diaz had a solo home run. And there, here's one thing that stood out to me in that game on Monday. Blanco is a big dude. He's a, he's a Brayu-esque. So I watched him in the bullpen get warm, and he's just, you know, He's not a little guy. He's six foot something, 200 something, you know, would probably be maybe a tight end if he was a football player. Definitely not a little man. And uh, he threw like it too. His warmups were pretty impressive. Just the whole thing. He he looks the part of a big league, uh, major league pitcher. Ronel Blanco. Yes, he did. I mean, he's got some big, powerful legs. That's just what stood out to me. <laughs> the guy looked buff. I did not know that he was that uh, big 
What do you think? Do you, do you take anything from Ryan Presley's outing? Because he got pulled out from throwing too many pitches, but it was quite obvious he had some bad calls. So I watched him warm up. And I, I'm not worried at all, by the way. <laughs> I watched him warm up, and it, it felt like he was just going through the motions. I don't want to say that any guy doesn't, you know, get get up for one game more than the other, but I think he was just trying to make sure he got through it healthy, didn't get hurt. You know, it didn't seem like a normal ramping to, you know, go close the game. It was just, you know, about getting the required amount of pitches in. So I think he wasn't necessarily concerned with runners or location or anything. He was just getting his work in. It's more like a bullpen. So I don't I don't really take anything from it. I think he'll be every bit the closer and just as sharp when it's time to do it for real. I agree as well. One thing about Tuesday's game at Minute Maid Park, myself, along with probably a lot of other Astro fans, were surprised to see that it was not on television. And if it was, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was on TV or not. I don't think it was. I don't either. But um, I think everybody kind of felt like that game really wasn't going to have the same juice that the uh, that the I Monday game had. It. Oh, of course, of course. And I mean, there was more offense in this game, but I just think it was more. All right, let's nobody get hurt. Let's just let's go out there, you know, put on a little show and, you know, get ready for opening day. The Astros scored five runs on Tuesday. Chaz had a home run with two RBIs. And Dearden had two RBIs in that game. A positive note, once again, pitching Luis Garcia, five innings, three hits, and one run. I know it's against Sugarland, but it's still positive. But even more positive than that, if you look towards our future, someone that had huge expectations, and I think there's not very many expectations at all for him now, and I'm talking about Force Whitley, three and two-thirds innings, two hits, and one run, and what stands out to me the most, and this is usually what gets you the Coach Rose Award, right? No walks and five strikeouts. You got to love what Force Whitley brought on Tuesday. I can't tell you how much I'm excited for what Forrest Whitley could be. He could be another addition to an already amazing, young, talented rotation. This this is the guy that everybody expected. He was the number one prospect, highly touted, out of, out of, out of high school in San Antonio, I believe. Yep. And he was going to be the guy. Now, the minor league ascension was not as good to him as it was to Hunter and some of the other guys. A lot of injuries, I mean, flashed, but then would get hurt, would struggle, then would get hurt. So everybody knew that the guy could be this good. And for him to finally be there, you really just hope he can build on it. I don't care if he never sees uh, Minute Maid Park. I hope he does. Uh, let me be clear. I really hope sometime this year he gets to pitch in some capacity. But I just want him to stay healthy. I just want him to have a good, strong year. And then next next year, I feel like there will definitely be an opportunity for him to find himself, whether it be in the bullpen or potentially, you know, in a six-man, something like that. If he pitches well, there's a chance for him to go there this year. But he is actually – I didn't even have to look this up. It just took me a while to think about it. He's from Alamo Heights, the home of the mules. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll just share a story with you. When I first moved in the San Antonio area, I moved to New Braunfels. And I don't know what I was doing, but I like went by the high school. And on the side, I'm like, what? They're the unicorns? Like, I was really surprised by that. But living here as long as I have, it just seems normal now. Well, I mean, why do you say that? <laughs> All the well, different I mean, like, animals, I guess? I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, like, I grew up watching sports my whole life. Went to, you know, played other teams in sports. I never heard of a team called the Unicorns. <laughs> it was just new to me. Okay, but now it's you. normal. That's what I'm saying. But I like the name Mules. That's pretty good. All right, so one thing that we've been looking forward to, and that's the opening day roster. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to think about. But it's even more fun to know who made it. And to me, there was... I'm going to tell you how many surprises that there are for me. And I am I bet it's probably the same for you. Two surprises. How many do you have? I got more than that. All right. I, I've got at least three. Uh, the three that are, are for sure for me, like, I... I Kind of, kind of like blown away that they're on the team. All right. So my surprises are Caesar Salazar and Corey Jolks. But the Corey Jolks one, I didn't expect it, but I'm telling you this. I'm very happy about it. This guy, I thought for sure someone was going to take him on the Rule 5 draft. This guy totally 100% deserves to get a shot. And I know it's because there's injuries, but it's nice to see him get a chance. So for me, it is the two you mentioned and Yiner Diaz. I thought if you told me they were going to take catchers and, it, and, and, and pick your catchers, you're going to give me Corey Lee. And there's no way you're going to give me Cesar Salazar and Yiner Diaz. There's just no way. So for those for those guys to make it, one, I think it speaks to how good their spring training was. Two, I think there may be some validity to what the GM said and that they see Corey as a frontline guy, where they see Salazar as more of a backup, and they want him to get all the reps, which you kind of spoke to about certain guys that if that was a possibility, get all the reps. I'd rather you be playing than watching. So Maybe that works in Corey's favor. He took it well. He had a he had an interview after, and he said all the right things. Stayed incredibly positive. He understands that the goal is for him to be the next the their next catcher and be there next year. And I think that's the right mentality. He could have been very, very, very disgruntled and upset, and because I don't think he's done anything to not be on the opening day roster. I think it's just a more of a we want to make sure that you're groomed as much as we possibly can before we expose you. So Yiner Diaz is the number two prospect for the Astros. And that guy looks like a grown man. And I know they're all grown men, but I'm just trying to emphasize that he is a fully grown man. And after I saw them announce the catchers, my first thought was this. Okay. Yiner Diaz, back up for the Astros going to play first base, whatever he's, he, he needs to be up there. 
And I thought, you know what? That's actually good. I think that's good for Corey Lee because Maldonado catches almost every game. And he's just, Corey Lee would just be sitting on the bench almost every game when it's, I think it would be better for him to be in AAA and, and play more. And it was kind of funny on Twitter. Someone kind of attacked me for that a little bit. And then I shared Dana Brown's uh, comment and he pretty much said the same thing. <laughs> so it's like, if this is your guy for the future, you don't want him sitting behind Maldi and Yiner Diaz or what? Cause like Cesar Salazar, how much is that guy going to play? Not much, right? He's not going to get any work at all. And that would be Corey Lee. He would be sitting there behind all these other guys, not getting any playing time. So I think it's better for him to be in AAA. The one thing I think this says more than anything is that maybe Yiner is not going to be the catcher of the future and that they may move him around. I know they played him in left field. And I think that if that's a potential, that's something he can do, then it, it's it's probably okay that he's up now and maybe they play him out there or maybe, you know, give Jordan a DH, something like that. Uh, I was listening to sports talk radio after the, after the uh, roster came out and they spoke to, you know, having a lot of bats in the lineup because maybe this was trying to offset some of the losses, Michael Brantley, Jose Altuve. So I kind of see that, that aspect a little bit, it's tough to say what, you know, these young guys are going to do getting their first taste of big league pitching as opposed to triple A pitching. All right. So the catchers, we already spoke about it. Maldi, Diner Diaz, Cesar Salazar, big surprise there. We got a Brayu, Dubon, Jeremy Pena and Alex Bregman in the infield, Kyle Tucker, Chaz, Jake Myers, Corey Jolks. Love that pick in the outfield. Jordan DH. And David Hensley is the utility. Looking at this roster, like I, I mentioned right when I, I said it, like Altuve comes back, who's gone? Cesar Salazar. Brantley comes back. Corey Jolks is gone. So it, it's like these two guys are on the roster, but they're they're just here. One of them's going to be here for a while because uh, Al, uh, Altuve is going to be out two months. So one of them will stick around. But overall, I really like it. And if we think about when we were trying to predict the roster, neither one of us had Salazar. Neither one of us had Jolks. I had Corey Lee, for sure. I almost bet money on it. So it got close. And Dearden, although he deserves it, you know, he's not on the 40-man. Maybe they make some moves. Maybe he comes next year, later this year. I don't know. But overall, I'm happy with this roster and it's almost about what we expected the one thing i'll say about dearden that i like that they did was they they started him in sugarland so if for some reason they need him he'll be in town it won't be like you'll have to chase him down in corpus or you know low a somewhere or anything like that he'll be 20 minutes down the road and he could be in an astros uniform in half an hour all right so we're going to talk about the pitchers Right after this. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're back to talk to you about your Houston Astros pitchers. You got Framber, opening day starter, CJ, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia, who pitched great last time out, and Hunter Brown, who was dealing with an injury through 25 uh, bullpen throws. He's good to go. And then you got Presley, Stanek, Mayton, Montero, Abreu, Neris, Magic Man, Blanco. So it's pretty, we, we nailed, we nailed it. We said, I, I mean, I said maybe Gage and no, no Mayton. And then I thought, well, Mayton's been on the team for two or three years. They're gonna they're gonna bring him back. So it was kind of what I expected. I agree. It's it's basically what you know. I didn't think there was too much uh, overturn over overhaul there. Too much turnover. I kind of put those together for no reason. Yeah. Uh, Blanco's the surprise. Obviously, he's gonna be I think really key early on because one thing that I think that a lot of teams do in the beginning is they really lean on their bullpen a little bit because there are their, their starters aren't stretched out. Like they would be six, seven, eight innings or whatever. So I think with that in mind, you're going to see more bullpen action. You're going to see Blanco probably earlier than you thought you would, because he's going to be able to eat two or three innings because he is sort of stretched out in that starter capacity or long reliever capacity. So it's really good that their their bullpen is very deep. That way, all hands on deck type type thing. You know, Fromber, you kind of feel like he's a six, seven inning guy. The rest of them, CJ, he's pretty much six and done. And then Arkady's shown to get into some trouble. Garcia's shown to get into some trouble. And Hunter Brown's very young. So it's good that that bullpen is going to be very strong. And some of the guys towards the end, they could – you know, they could just rotate them in and out to get them some rest. But you spoke about, you know, innings eater type guys, and that would be Blanco, and it would also be Magic Man. But let me share this with you folks. Tom sent me a video of – he made a video of the Magic Man in the bullpen, and he did not yell, hey, Magic Man. I don't think – did you do that? <laughs> How did could you not. not do that? 
This guy not... needs to know his name is Magic Man. <laughs> uh, you know, Seth Martinez is trying to make this roster, so <laughs> I was going to let him do his thing. Uh, I was. It was cool to get to see him. I wish I could have actually sent it to you when I wanted to send it to you, but for whatever reason, AT&T and big crowds don't mix. So I was like pretty much froze out of getting any text or any videos out. Even when you go to Minute Maid Park, which I have an update there, not going to the game now. Mm. But the lady we bought them from on Facebook said, oh, you can't make it. We'll just send them back and I'll give you your money back. So. I thought I was going to have to sell them. I was getting nervous. and uh, But anyway, I was thinking about telling you why, but I can tell you privately why I'm not going. So I'm, I'm happy about that, but let's talk about this. Brian McTaggart wrote a story, and it said that who should – it's like a prediction. Who's going to be the team MVP and the team Cy Young winner? And I looked at a, it was some like, this has nothing to do with it, but it does. Someone had posted it and it was like, who's going to lead the American League and whatever. And Jordan had the average and I think something else. Now I can't remember, but out of the six categories, he was two of them. But McTaggart doesn't have him as the projected MVP. Who would you have? Well, if not Jordan, it's got to be Tuck. It is. You would have said Jordan, right? On on the Astros, absolutely. I, yeah. But but it's so it's so tough for me because I I I see all the things that that Kyle Tucker can do, and while I think Jordan probably hits more bombs and probably has a higher uh, slug, yeah. Uh, what is that? Uh, Woba, not Woba. That's pitching. There's another new advanced metric, you know, for hitting WRC plus, you know, mm. weighted runs created. Uh, he's probably that guy. Right. But, um, Tuck does it all. Yeah. It seems like every little story I read, the answer is Kyle Tucker, the team, uh, the person, a team can't live without is Kyle Tucker. And he picks Kyle Tucker. And I in no way disagree with that. The guy's awesome, and what sucks is he's the guy that we need to uh, extend a contract to, and that would be nice to get that done. Cy Young, Framber. Ironically, I've seen a lot on social media where there is a lot of momentum for CJ to win it. Yeah. And I can understand it. I can get behind it. You're not going to get me upset not one bit if Framber wins it or CJ wins it or they tie for it. I could care less. I think they're both going to have great seasons. So this is only the team, not really the the winner. Okay. All right. So let's get into the lineup. This is like a huge question. And I think we did a poll or we talked about it. Who's going to be the leadoff guy? I didn't think it was going to be Pena, but that's what Dusty said. It's going to be Jeremy Pena leading off. I can see it. I just don't think it stays that way. I, the one thing that I thought was going to be interesting was what he would do with his lineup with respect to when the other guys come back, right? It's either going to be some guy that you plug and play and then, all right, Altuve is your guy and the lineup stays the same. Or like we're seeing what, what Dusty ended up doing, he's going to have to shuffle the deck all over again when those guys come back because 
Every everybody's kind of moved out of where their normal position is. Altuve will go leadoff. Brantley will go two. Well, you got Bregman at two. So then you're you know either you're sliding everybody back, or you're moving guys around a little bit. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it really will be. So he has a likely lineup. This is also Brian McTaggart. He has JP3, which Dusty Baker already said that. And Alex Bregman batting second. And Dusty even said that Bregman was begging to lead off. Like he goes, he wants to do everything. And I thought that would be cool because besides Jordan, right? He has the highest, or does he have the highest on base percentage? There was somebody I, that was higher than him. I think he leads the team in walks. He's got incredible plate discipline. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, a, I, I'm, I would have signed up for that too. Because JP3 has a little. He, JP3 gives you that power. He gives you the speed. I guess he has the energy and like a George Springer energy and charisma. Jordan at third, Kyle Tucker, cleanup. And then Jose Abreu batting fifth. And then you got Chaz, Jake Myers, Mauricio Dubon. He's got him picked. This is the opening day lineup. I, I forgot to mention that. And then Maldi. So I guess based on the pitcher, it could be both factors, right? Who we throw, who we're throwing, and if they're throwing lefty or righty, I don't. I mean, what do what do you think? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know if he has a preference on defensive second baseman the way he has a preference on defensive center fielders. If we see Hensley, when you have a fly ball pitcher, we see Dubon when you have a ground ball pitcher because he's a big Dusty's a big believer in Dubon's defense. It'll be interesting to see how that works out or if it's just, all right, every third day do or Hensley will hit and play second and Dubon will be the guy. Well, like you, like I said earlier, when you look at the lineup that was released, it has Dubon listed as second baseman and it has Hensley as the utility guy. So maybe Hensley only plays to relieve each guys to give him a day off. So we may be stuck with Dubon as the primary second baseman for quite a while. And you look down at the bottom of the lineup, Dubon and Maldi, that does not look good. It's tough. I mean, especially if, if the top of the lineup struggling, you don't see either of those guys having big days where I feel like Hensley is a guy that can give you a three for four, you know, two for four with a homer and three RBI, something like that. But you look at that same lineup and you take Jake Myers out, you take Dubon out and you add Brantley and Altuve and it looks amazing right now. It's pretty top heavy, but I mean, I don't know. I think you've got to, I, I expect big things from Chaz. I don't have low expectations for him, but when I look at his name, I kind of see it as, an in-between guy, and he is kind of where it starts to go downhill with Jake and Dubon and Maldi. But even Jake Myers, when he first came on the scene, that guy was really good. So if he can get back to that, then you're not really looking at Jake Myers as a whole in the lineup. Chaz hit a pull home run on Tuesday, which is not normal for him because he's a big oppo taco guy. So – Chaz knows the lights are bright on him. He realizes that this lineup, when fully constructed, is 
incredible. And he is potentially the weakest link, say, for Maldi because Maldi is the defensive wizard that he is. He throws everybody out. He handles the pitchers great. So you live with whatever he does at the plate. So if you were going to make an adjustment when this lineup is whole, Chaz knows, you know, the spotlight's on him. So for him to hit, that's that's going to be the biggest thing. His defense, as we've seen time and time again, is great. But the offense is always the question. With Jake, I think it's just a confidence thing. I think Jake Myers is, when he's confident, he's a very good baseball player. When he doubts anything at all, he struggles at the plate. And then when he struggles at the plate, it creeps into his head on defense. And he just doesn't look like the same dude that can play free. He looks a little unsure of himself and just his body language shows it. So I'm really hoping that that he gets off to a good start and he's allowed to just play and react, just do not think. So I'm taking a look at the 40 man roster and I'm trying to find Corey Jolks on here. Cause I was kind of curious about what number these new guys chose. I know Yiner Diaz is number 21. But what about Corey Jolks and Cesar Salazar? You know what numbers they choose? I, do I, not. I don't. I don't see them on here. They haven't updated it on Astros.com. Like they're behind. I uh, I don't know if they're trying to sell their jerseys at the uh, the ballpark store yet, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out by opening day what number they're wearing. I read something. If you guys are going to the ballpark, some people already saw it, but I guess they have a brand new team store in center field and from what i've read it's pretty huge i mean they've got a whole bunch of new merchandise uh <laughs> they're potentially talking about bringing back an older jersey potentially so i would hope to see that in the team store which one so, remember they were doing a lot of the the which one would you want us to bring back i thought they were always doing that with the, with the potential of because that was the astros uh Twitter they have a limit guys. of how many jerseys. I, I saw a mock-up, and I don't know if it's real or just someone's just creating. Because it's like a, a picture of a real jersey that you can order, probably from China or whatever. But it's the City Connect, Space City jersey, but it's white. No. I, I, I saw it too. I don't know. I mean, like, that's kind of, like, enticing. Like, are they going to do that? Is that for real? Or does, does somebody just make this? That's... That's something to look forward to. And and the hat. I saw the yeah. hat. It's like a grayish white hat, I think. I don't know. So yeah. there could be good, cool uh, uniform type things happening this year, folks. I guarantee you they're just going to sell 400% more or whatever they did that, you know, <laughs> broke all the records because uh, the Astros fans right now are, are starving for any new merch. Doesn't matter what it is. So uh, I have no doubt that if they're allowed to put out another uniform, They'll sell. What's that guy that used to play for us? The one that stole uh, second base and got everybody tacos? Maben? I just can't think of his first name. Uh, I think it was Corey. Corey Maben. Corey or Corbin? Mm-hmm. I don't know what his last name. Yeah. But anyway, because his name on Twitter is like Hoodie, Hoodie Maben. But I didn't think that t- was the same guy. I thought that was a... That, That's not I him? Fa- I don't think so. I think that was a fan account. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Because it's <laughs> definitely a picture of him. But anyway, I, I, I can still talk about it. Sure. No matter who it is. And I know you know what I'm talking about now because yep. of your reaction. 
But there was a story, and this is for just for you folks to be nice. There's a story about Justin Verlander struggling with the with the zone, throwing strikes. But I looked at his stats. The last time I saw it, he had a 1.59 ERA in spring training. So I didn't know that he was struggling. And uh, and you have Astro fans on Twitter trolling that, you know, making fun of of Justin Verlander, the guy that was on the team, won us two World Series. There's no reason, no reason for Astro fans to badmouth Justin Verlander. I may have done that on the podcast when he left out of anger. You know, I wanted him to stay. I didn't really badmouth him. I badmouthed his decision. So get that straight. Get it straight, Tom. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, but, but what I said on there, and I know you probably saw it, a few people on Twitter is not the representation of Astro fans everywhere. There are so many Astro fans that aren't on Twitter. But, but that's what it feels like. Everybody on Twitter, that's that's the fans. That's who, that's who you have. But there's a lot of people that ain't on it, that ain't on it. They're not on it. So, but anyway, be nice, folks. Be nice. You're, we already have a bad reputation. You're taking the bad guy. What is it? The bad guy what? Persona? Person, yeah. Persona? Taking the bad guy persona too far. And I know I used to have the uh, Imperial March as the theme song on here. And, I, and somebody that listens, if you're listening now, he wants me to bring it back. But I don't think we can do that. <laughs> Um, the one thing I'll say is that, I mean, I think I think that all stemmed, the whole control thing all stemmed from Verlander admitting personally that he was struggling with command. And Verlander is the worst critic of himself. So he can be struggling with command on, you know, verbally and then go out there and pitch phenomenally. So I wouldn't put too much into it. I didn't, I I saw it and didn't think twice about it. I didn't even know what his ERA was, but obviously he's still just as dominant as he ever been. And then for people to, you know, go out there and kind of, you know, poke poke the bear a little bit, I just wouldn't do it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, obviously, Justin pitched phenomenally while he was here. He was a great ambassador for the Astros, won two titles. Like, I don't know what more you need from Justin Verlander. And, you know, I... I won't root against him unless he's playing the Astros. I won't root for him. You know, I'm not going to root for his downfall, but you know, hope he has a productive career, whatever that means without world series rings. And just not against us. May he have his worst world series start in the world. If we face each other, (laughs) but anyway, we have some time Tom for your final thoughts. On the eve of the uh, the day that should be a holiday, it should opening be opening day of baseball. Uh, I'm just so glad we were here when when the World Series ended, the parade ended. It was like, what are we gonna do with ourselves between then and tomorrow? And we found a way to bridge that gap. The Astros have gotten better. I know some people are worried about these injuries. I wouldn't. I think personally, these guys are going to tread water, probably do better than you think. And then at the trade deadline, they're going to get some guy named Michael Brantley to go in the two hole and some guy named Jose Altuve. Oh, they'll get some pitcher named Lance McCullers. He's pretty good. And 
they'll still be able to go out there and make moves if they want to. So I really am excited for the season because I think that this team is going to be able to do some great things. They're going to put up some crooked numbers on people and who knows a lot of people that are not Astros fans are already predicting that the Astros will be in the ALCS. I saw something on Twitter where, where a guy, a Yankee fan, I can't, I can't think of his Twitter handle at the moment, but he's like, there are the, the NL is wide open and the AL is 14 teams trying to play the Astros in the ALCS. And I love that that's coming from somebody that isn't yeah. an Astros fan because that's the ultimate sign of respect. When people expect you to be there, when other fan bases are just like, well, the 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 AL goes through Houston and you got to beat them to get it. Uh, as a fan of the Strohs, it's the best thing you can hear ever. And I can't wait. All right. So the question is, Tom, everyone wants to know, are we doing an episode after the first game tomorrow? We can. We absolutely can. I, I will be with ready, ready to go. All right. So we will see you guys <laughs> next tomorrow after the game. Hear what we have to say about tomorrow's game. The big opening day is it's exciting. It's like a holiday and it sort of is for me, but anyway, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Astros baseball. I just, I just, Trick Tom. What what I said. Okay, here we go. I'm going to keep going. I said it wrong. And I had to back up and I didn't say it right. But we do appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Talking about opening day. And uh, pretty excited about it. Like Tom said, it should be a holiday. And uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.